surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your time. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. If God had a name, what would it be and would you call it to his The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome back to the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Gabriel Walensky. We're going to be talking about... um, Well, let me put it this way. We've all heard of the Holocaust. Over the next hour, we're going to be talking to Gabriel about his book. It's entitled Six Million Crucifixions, How Christian Teachings About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. His website is www.sixmillioncrucifixions.com, and that's S-I-X million I'll spell it out for you because I know what's going to happen. Some people are going to write the number six and then million and then million and then six. It's S-I-X-M-I-L-L-I-O-N crucifixions.com. That's www.sixmillioncrucifixions.com. Uh, he's, uh, Gabriel's had a lifelong fascination and done years of study into the question of why the Holocaust happened. And he's used his technical background as an award-winning veteran of the computer software industry to methodically research and write Six Million Crucifixions, How Christians Teaching About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. The final result is a well-structured and hard-hitting book 
that presents historical information with uh, polemical conclusions. Joining me now is Gabriel Walensky. Gabriel, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi. What was your motivation to write your book, Gabriel? Well, the motivation was, uh, it, it came from, uh, you know, since I was a teenager, I had been always fascinated by the Holocaust and mm-hmm. by World War II. And for many, many years, I asked myself the question, why did the Germans and their helpers in all the countries that they invaded hate the Jews so much to murder them in the ways and numbers that they did? So for many years, I pondered about this question, and, uh, and I could never really find a satisfactory answer. The propaganda and uh, economic reasons were not enough to justify this kind of genocide. Mm-hmm. So I always wondered what was it until eventually I, I understood what was it that was behind that hatred. And when that happened, I felt motivated to share that insight with others who may have asked themselves the same question. So that's basically what motivated me to write this book. And what was that hatred? The hatred that people were very familiar with prior to the Nazis was anti-Semitism that had come early on in Christianity. Even from the very beginning of the Christian movement, right after the death of Jesus, the uh, Christian thinkers and writers that uh, followed him began a process of uh, demonization of the Jews and of Judaism. And this process actually snowballed. It started, it started small. It started like an intra-fraternal uh, mm-hmm. fight. But this thing grew into an all-out war, in essence, where the Christian uh, communities in Europe persecuted the Jews in, in a number of different ways, including with violence. And, uh, and this hatred actually became very, very ingrained in the Christian psyche. To the point that by the time the Nazis came to power in 1933, the uh, peoples of Europe, the Germans in particular, but others as well, the French, the Ukrainians and Poles and so on, already viscerally hated Jews. And they hated them so much uh, that, uh, and, and, and without any questioning, that they, would be, they, they were willing to accept any message of hatred that conformed to their ingrained Notion. Gabriel, please stand by. We've got to take our first commercial break. Exonation. Gabriel Walensky is our special guest. www.6millioncrucifixions.com. I'll be back on the other side as we continue talking about uh, Gabriel's new book. It's entitled Six Million Crucifixions How Christian Teaching About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. Interesting topic here on the Exon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
Welcome back, everyone. Gabriel Wellesky is our uh, Will, Willinsky. I'm sorry. Gabriel Wilinski is our special guest, Exxon Nation. He is the author of Six Million Crucifixions, How Christian Teachings About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. His website is www.sixmillioncrucifixions.com. What is Six Million Crucifixions about? It, it actually covers uh, on the first part. It's a it's a straight history book. Mm-hmm. You know, it has uh, the, the, it basically goes over the two thousand years of history of the last two thousand years in which anti-Semitism began and grew and was uh, fostered into uh, what became the Holocaust. So that's the first part. The second part covers the specific areas in Christianity that are anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic, and the third part covers the role of the of the Christian churches, in particular the German churches, during the Nazi era. So it covers what they did and what they didn't do during that time. And then the fourth part mm-hmm. is is uh, the, uh, it, it studies the legal aspects of uh, the crimes that members of the clergy committed before, during, and after the Holocaust. What kind of crime? What, what kind of crimes are the clergy still committing after the Holocaust? You, you would have thought after the Holocaust, you know, that was the end of it. Uh, you would have thought so, but I mean, today uh, the, the, this is actually in the news. Obviously, there's a, a, a big scandal happening today because of uh, of uh, child abuse, sexual child abuse, from, um, in the part of the. Uh, Catholic clergy. Yeah. All right, but how? But how does that? Uh, how is that related to the Holocaust? Well, it's related in in one particular aspect. Uh, well, it's an, in a number of aspects, but one in particular, is, and it's important to this particular discussion, is in in regards to the silence of the church, and the silence of the church is is very deafening today when uh, when we see that there's so many thousands of cases of child abuse. Mm-hmm from the part of the Church, and Cardinal Ratzinger, now today uh, Pope Benedict, was responsible for this, and he and many other bishops uh, during the, the time when the scandal began, for decades actually, mm-hmm. uh, basically hid this information from the public, and whenever a priest was found to have abused children, they never actually made this public, they never actually told the civil authorities, they always actually moved the priest from parish to parish, just to keep it quiet. The church always had the interest of the church first, and never the, the interests of the victims in mind. So the parallel here to the, to the uh, World War II era, to the Holocaust, is quite important, because at that time, Pope Pius XII, who was the wartime pope, also had in mind the interests of the church first, and uh, victim second, uh, I mean a distant second. The, uh, the, the church never so fit to publicly denounce the Holocaust. They never found, uh, they never actually called the Nazis mm-hmm. or the Germans murderers. They never actually mentioned the Jews specifically as victims, even though six million of them were specifically targeted for murder. And therefore, uh, I see a pattern of uh, of puscation, a pattern of silence. Between then and now, you can see. I mean, the the crime itself uh, w- was different. You know, one thing was murder; another thing is to sexually abuse a child. But the the crime itself is not the point. The point 
is the silence about it. It's not saying anything about it. It's not trying to prevent it, or at least not doing enough to prevent it. All right, all right. I have to ask you. I have to ask you this question: How, how do you think the Christians or the Christian Church could have stopped the Holocaust? Then, well, think about it. The uh, people who perpetrated the Holocaust were not mm-hmm. Martians. The people who perpetrated the Holocaust were <clears throat> regular individuals. But that doesn't mean that they were Christians. The vast majority of them were Christians. By, by a, a, a giant percentage of them, maybe 99% of them were mm-hmm. Christians. And uh, many of them were not Christians by name only. They were, they were believers, and they were actually paying the, the church tax, and they were actually going to church. Well, let, let me ask you this question then, sir. What is the difference between... All, all right, I'm, I'm going to have to watch how I say this. So just give me a second here to formulate the right way to say it. During wartime, people do things that they would not normally do. A soldier does what he is ordered to do. True. True? Yes. So when we're looking at World War II, believe me, thinking about what happened in those concentration camps to those people makes me sick. Anyone who tries to tell me that the Holocaust never happened needs their head examined. But having said that, sir, When we look at soldiers, sailors, pilots, specifically the flight crews of the two aircraft that dropped the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, it wasn't six million people. I will grant you the credit to that. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between what the American soldiers did, the, I should say, the American pilots did to Japan and what the Germans did to the people in concentration concentration camps in the Holocaust. There's a, there's a giant difference. I mean, this, these two things cannot be even put together in one sentence. Why not? There's absolutely no comparison whatsoever. Why not? The, the dropping the bomb on Hiroshima or mm-hmm. or any bomb, what you know, for that matter, it doesn't yeah. really matter how big the bomb was. Mm-hmm. It was was clearly an act of mili- a, mili- a military act. Well, wasn't was no question. Well, uh, ex- excuse me. I thought that. The Holocaust was a military act ordered no, by ordered. No, there was absolutely kill, killing six million Jews served absolutely no military purpose whatsoever, and the German army uh, was only one of the mm-hmm. the branches of of the German uh, armed forces who were killing Jews. But they actually set up many organizations whose only purpose was to go and murder people. The SS was not a military branch. The Gestapo was not military either. But they reported to Hitler, didn't they? Of course. They and, Hitler, Hitler. and Hitler was responsible for their actions. Hitler yeah, was absolutely. the man on top. Sure, absolutely. But that doesn't make it a military action, and that doesn't make it a military uh, branch. All right, so, so let me rephrase it. So they were following out the orders of their commander-in-chief. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So whether they're the SS, whether they're the Gestapo, whether they're... The uh, the Luftwaffe, whatever they report to Hitler. Hitler says, sure. "You know what? This is what I want." I'm not saying it's right. Believe me, I'm not saying it's right. I, I like I said, this is the furthest thing from my mind. But there's there's three sides to every story, and I and I guess I I, I, I use that example because we we try to say, well, you know, Christians, you know, Christians were as responsible as everybody else, and I don't believe so. 
Well, let me let me uh, clarify one sure. point. I, I agree with you that ultimately everybody was following Hitler's orders. But as you as you may know, in um, in the Nuremberg trial after the war, mm-hmm. the Germans had uh, you know tried to justify their actions by saying I was following orders. From a legal perspective, this didn't actually fly. The the, the Nuremberg tri- Tribunal did not accept this as an excuse, mm-hmm. and uh, and therefore there was they set up the legal precedent that uh, following orders was not an explanation or an excuse. A soldier has the right, had the right, and still has the right to object to an order that they deem immoral or illegal. But moreover, and, and this is actually more important, the SS members and the, the people in, in what was called the Einsatzgruppe and killing mobile squads that went into the Eastern Front killing Jews, mm-hmm. these people were not forced to do anything. People, some people have this misconception that the Nazis were all-powerful and anybody that refused to follow orders would be summarily shot. Well, this is not true. The uh, mobile killing squads had a commander who every morning gathered the, the, the group and told them, we're going to go into this village and we're going to gather all the Jews and get them into the forest and, and kill them over there. Anybody here wants to step out. So the commanders actually gave the troops the choice to participate or not participate in the murder. Now, you would think that but it, these people... But during war, is it actually murder? Of course it's murder. So There's when you've got difference. the American troops, the Canadian troops, the Australian troops uh, rushing a, a beach to, to take the positions that the Germans were were securing even though it was in the, even though it was for the right reasons they were killing german soldiers now is that murder no 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 that's not, no no but you're equating something that has absolutely no equivalent whatsoever well, what do you mean Think it was during it. a time of war wasn't it no yeah yeah but the fact that it's time of war doesn't give you freedom to go and do whatever you want if you're a soldier in time of war mm-hmm. and you have another soldier uh, you know in front of you with a different uniform and trying to shoot you you can shoot back. And even if the guy doesn't shoot you, you can still shoot him because he's the enemy. And he's in uniform, and that's, those are the rules of war. There's this thing called the Geneva Conventions and so on that clarify what you can do and what you can't do. Yes, but you and I soldier. both know even the Geneva Convention doesn't work during the war times. Sure, but let me actually clarify something sure. that is very different. So that's one thing, and this is what soldiers do. And this, this, is, a, this is a soldier in the army mm-hmm. who's shooting to somebody in a building or in the field or whatever. And this is a, this applies to a soldiers who are shooting a cannon from a ship to yep. another ship, and and from for a pilot that is dropping bombs on an airplane. So, all these are actions that soldiers do. There is no question that this is okay. This is very different from what the Germans were doing to the Jews. Because the Jews That's were civilians. The Jews were not only civilians. This is what the Germans were doing. They were going to a village in Poland or mm-hmm. Russia somewhere. Yeah. They were actually going at four or five in the morning. They were grabbing all the Jews out of their beds. They were dragging them into a forest nearby, and they were making them kneel by a tree and putting a bullet in the back of their heads. And they continued to do this all day long, and they did it day after day. All right, stand by. We've got to take a commercial break with the news. Exonation. Our guest this hour is Gabriel Walensky. His website is www.6millioncrucifixions.com. The name of his book is Six Million Crucifixions. How Christian teachings about Jews paved the road to the Holocaust. 
I'm going to get into this title on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Don't go away. fiction and fiction is reality now here's your host rob mcconnell Welcome back, everyone. Gabriel Wilinski is my special guest. He's the author of Six Million Crucifixions, How Christian Teachings About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. Now, I, how do you get the... How I understand the Six Million Crucifixions, but the, the other part of the title is How Christian Teachings About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust. Now, now how do you explain that? That's very simple, unfortunately. The um, the uh, point that I'm making in the book is that for 2,000 years, Christian teachings prepared the mindset of peoples to hate Jews. How? They actually, because they taught, even from the very beginning, even in the New Testament, mm-hmm. the way Jews are portrayed uh, is, is very negative. The Jews are portrayed as malevolent and as killers of Christ, and they are <clears throat> portrayed as bent on destroying Christianity. But Christ uh, was a Jew, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So? That mean that, yeah, but even if, he, even if, uh, even so, uh, the Christian writers who followed Jesus uh, in, in, in 19, I'm sorry, in the uh, first century, mm-hmm. he actually, they actually started to write about Jews in ways that were very negative. Don't you think you're, first. don't you think that you may be using too big of a paintbrush when you say how Christian teachings, because I, I, I disagree with you that, for one thing, I'm a Christian, and I don't hate Jews. I love well, them. I was brought up in a Jewish community. We shared, we learned, and you know what? I, I, as a Christian, I take offense to that statement. Well, but think about it this way. I mean, you, you are a product of uh, Christianity after the Second Vatican Council. In 1965, the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and which was followed by the Protestant churches, issued an official statement <clears throat> that said that Jews were not guilty for killing Jesus. And this applied not only to Jews of, of uh, Jesus' time, but of all time, which is the accusation that uh, appears in the New Testament. And, uh, and there were other things that were lifted as well. So, <clears throat> sure, I, I agree with you that you and probably... Most Christians today, in particular Christians here in the U.S., are not um, are, are not uh, anti-Semitic, and they don't have any problems with Jews. And probably on the contrary, this is true. However, this was not true 
of most Christians of the pre-World War II era. All right, so if that is the fact, is it, isn't it just, just better to leave it alone, let it die? You know, I, you know why do we hear, here it is the year 2000, uh, 2010, and, and we're bringing up the Holocaust again, opening up old wounds. Do we need well, to do this? And what's well, and, and what will what will we learn? What will be gained? It's important. I think it's important for people to learn history because when you don't learn history, history tends to repeat itself. So I think that most people today probably ignore the fact that Christianity has an unsavory past in rela- in, in regards to its relation to Jews. And but Judaism. is it, but can't that be said about every religion? That there is well, no religion on this planet that is without fault. It's it's actually uh, true that most religions actually oppose other religions. Sure. Every religion probably believes it's the right one, mm-hmm. and it's the one true one, and everything else is false. But in the case of Christianity, in regards to Judaism, it's a particular case, because here we have a, a very sad history of persecution of one particular group of, uh, to another, and uh, the, and this persecution, um, you know, not only lasted for two thousand years, but basically culminated in in a in a paroxysm of murder. So I think that it's important to understand that even though Christians may not like Buddhism, you know, Christians never actually had a history of persecuting Buddhists or killing them. Well, however, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree that people? Jews. Wouldn't you agree that people have? The ability, like you said, a soldier has the the right to disobey an order if he thinks it's justified. You said that a yeah. few you said that a few minutes ago. So yes, why don't you give the same benefit of the doubt to Christians and other religions that you seem to be saying? All right, prior to this, uh, uh, you know, the Christians were against the Jews, which I I don't believe one bit. I don't believe it. I can't swallow it. And I think, if anything, you're giving a very biased and, and you know, tainted view uh, of Christianity. And, you know, what's your purpose? Well, first of all, let me actually say one thing, and that is that you don't have to necessarily believe me. I mean, you can go to the library and read. There's hundreds of books written about Christian attitudes toward Jews and the persecution of Jews by Christians for hundreds and hundreds of years. Are, are you so, Jewish? I, I'm not actually, actually practicing any religion. Were you Jewish at one time? I was Jewish at one time. So why did you convert? Or why did you leave the... Religion. So do you believe in God? I don't. So why are you picking up the torch? What's, what's in it for you? <laughs> it's just basically trying to raise awareness so that people understand about this problem. I don't necessarily have an agenda that is Jewish or any or any other. I only want to help people understand this unsavory past. But I, I you know you're tr- you're tr- you want people to know about this unsavory past. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? If this did happen in the 60s, that's 40 years ago. Why don't you just let it die? We're, you know, like, we've got to move on. There's no sense opening up old wounds if it really did happen. Hey, if it happened, we've come a long way. Forty years later, we've learned our lessons. But it's actually not complete. I mean, there's still, there's still, uh, anti-Semitism is still part of Christianity in some forms, even though it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. It's still there. And, and even today, 
um, you know, millions of people read the Gospels and, and other books in the New mm -hmm. Testament, and they get a negative feeling toward Jews. I, I, I understand that not all of them do. I understand that m most Christians perhaps uh, get the, uh, the opposite feeling. However, this is still there, and you can see the consequences of, of uh, not basically learning about history. Even today, when you see a lot of people in the press, people in academia and other places, in the United Nations who oppose the uh, policies of the State of Israel as a proxy for the Jew. And this is actually interesting, too, because, you know, the, the so-called new antisemitism is something that has its origins in the old antisemitism. The new antisemitism, of course, is, is the one where uh, the old theological and then racial antisemitism gets transformed into a political form, which is anti-Zionism. So um, I think it's important for everyone to learn about history, because if you don't do that, then you're prone to repeat the mistakes of uh, your ancestors. So, hey, well, um, I, you know. you know, what you're saying is, is that... Christians are very naive. They're, they they hate the Jews, whether they say it or not. Now, this is just what I'm taking from your side of the conversation. And we need to reinstate this and reinforce this, not that we'll learn, because we know, in fact, they're going to do it again. Am I right? Well, no, I, I'm not saying that Christians hate Jews. Well, what are you I, saying? I think, I, think, I think some do, but not, 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 I wouldn't say generically that Christians hate Jews. So what um, are you saying? The opposite a few minutes ago. I said that most of them probably don't. However, what I'm saying mm -hmm. is that in in Christianity, even today, there's still some things that are negative in the catechism of the of the Catholic Church, and even in the New Testament, as I was saying earlier. You know, even you know, just just the four canonical Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Just those five books contain 450 anti-Semitic verses. All right, but according to, according to the law, you've got freedom of religion, freedom of speech, so nobody's breaking any laws. Well, uh, depends on how you look at it. I mean, yeah, you, I agree with you from a legal perspective. Yeah. No, it's not breaking a law. Right. However, You I don't have to become a Catholic. You don't have to become a Jew. You don't have to become a Christian. You become a member of a, of a religious philosophy because you want to. You believe in it. Sure, absolutely, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. The only point that I'm making here is that it's uh, from from a moral point of view. I think that you have to consider these things. If you, if you, let's say, let's actually change the the, the victim, if you will. Here. Okay. Let's say let's say uh, one particular religion mm -hmm. said the Swedes are the culprits of all the problems in the world, and the Swedes are allied with the devil and they want to corrupt the minds of uh, all the members of our religion, and therefore uh, the, the Swedes are evil and blah, blah, blah. So let's, let's assume that you have a religion that says this. Well, first of all, you would find it preposterous, but, and, and of course it's untrue and ridiculous, right? However, this is actually what, what Christian teachings actually said about Jews, and that's the point that I'm trying to make here, that for many hundreds of years, Many, many, many hundreds of years, this is exactly what Christianity did. All right, but let's look at American history, recent American history. There was slavery. Yes. All right? There was segregation. Yes. But we learned, and we don't look back. We've taken the steps 
to to get along and, and to make sure that our future generations know the errors of our ways and that we've grown past it. We've done the same thing in religion. So why are you digging up all this and stirring the pot? Because this is not over yet. Who says it's not over? What do you want them to? What do you want them to do? Edit the Bible for you? I think uh, I think uh, they need to have more exegesis. They need to educate people much more, so that when a believer reads the Bible mm-hmm. every Sunday, they understand what what it says and what it means, and they they learn to ignore certain things. The Catholic Church has done a good job after the Second Vatican Council to teach people to teach the, the faithful that uh, the Jews were not guilty of uh, killing Jesus, and uh, that they were not evil, and so on and so forth. A lot more of this needs to happen. And, uh, you know, sure, the Bible is, 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 you know, supposedly the Word of God, and therefore cannot be rewritten. All right, listen, However, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you really think that there are that many Christians in the world who hate Jesus? Give me a ballpark figure. Who hate Jesus? Or, or yeah, or, I'm sorry, who hate the Jews? Give me a ballpark figure. I, I have no idea, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it was millions. All right, Here, here's where I'm going with this. In order to hate the Jews, right, you would then have to hate Jesus, because Jesus was a Jew. If you hate one, you hate them all. That's the nature uh, of this conversation, because you're saying that, you know, all the Christians are, you know, responsible for this one way or another because of the doctrines. If that was the case, why do we still celebrate Easter? Why do we still celebrate Christmas? Why do we say the Lord's Prayer? It makes no sense. And this is coming from a Christian. I agree with you. This is one of the biggest contradictions in history, at least in the history of Christianity. For, For many centuries in Christianity, they tried to remove the Jewishness of Jesus. They tried to portray him as different. Even even in the Gospels, again, going back to mm-hmm. the, even the language used in the Gospels, when they talk about the Jews, and Jesus says, the Jews did this or the Jews did that. You know, think about it. If you're a Jew, yeah. and Jesus was a Jew, but if you were a Jew, you would not refer to all the other people around you who are also Jews as the Jews. But it's back then, day. but back then in those days, not everyone around Jesus was a Jew. You had the Greeks, you had the Egyptians, you had the Mesopotamians. Well, you talk about different peoples, but not, not the immediate people around Jesus. Jesus actually was not talking, he didn't actually have broadcast radio. He was talking to the immediate group around him. He was not talking to the Greeks in Greece or the But what he was Greeks. saying, what he was doing, he was he was signifying and he was pointing out a specific group, the Jews. And I'm sure that if Jesus was around today, he'd say the Americans, the Canadians, the Australians, the Christians, the Arabs, the Muslims. So he said the Jews, big deal. No, but as a matter of fact, you know, analysis of the Bible, of the New Testament, shows that the kind of things that that the, the negative aspect uh-huh. of how Jews are portrayed have more to do with the intent of the writers of the Gospels and so on, Luke, Matthew, and the others. But they were Jewish, weren't they? Some of them were, not all of them were. Luke was not, and, and some of the others were oh, not. Oh, so, so the group of people around Jesus weren't all Jewish? 
but Luke and the other writers of the Gospels mm. were not even alive when Jesus was alive. The, the writers of the Gospels and the Gospels themselves were written 30 to 60, 70 years after the death of Jesus. None of the people who wrote the New Testament knew Jesus firsthand. So when they wrote about these things, they were just writing about, it was hearsay. They wrote about the stuff that they heard people, you know, the stories that people were telling mm -hmm. each other, but none of them actually knew him personally. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exonation, Gabriel Wilinski is our special guest. He is the author of Six Million Crucifixions, How Christian Teaching Teachings About Jews Paved the Road to the Holocaust, a title which I totally disagree in. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break trying to make sense of this entire conversation when we come back here in the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. Don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. We started off with you, Dr. Eugene Stovall in hour number one, Mike M. Joseph, hour number two, hour number three, Dr. Joy Pugh. And my guest this hour is Gabriel Walensky. He's the author of Six Million Crucifixions, and his website is www.sixmillioncrucifixions.com. That's S-I-X-M-I-L-L-I-O-N, crucifixions.com. Gabriel, uh, I, I, I'm having a bit of a problem here try, uh, trying to, to get a straight line. You, you, you were born, I guess, and raised in, 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 as, a, as a Jew. You, you, you're not a practicing Jew now. You don't belong to any religious organization. And, and yet you're digging up the past, presenting it in the future, in the present and the future, to make sure things that didn't happen in the past happen in the future but the rest of the world is saying you know what we learned we're going ahead we're getting along we want to we acknowledge the fact the holocaust happened we acknowledge the fact that you know it was one of the most horrific things that this that has ever happened on this planet you know what we also recognize that jesus was jewish so let's get on with it i so why the book 
Well, because not everybody not, not everybody thinks the way you do, Rob. I mean, there's there's a unfortunately other folks who don't agree with everything you just said. I think what you said is is very nice, and uh, of course uh, I would I would like uh, you know the world to be a great place. However, mm-hmm. um, the reality is that there's many people out there who don't necessarily know about this past and are prone to repeat it in the future. And not only that, but lots of people, even even today, deny that the Holocaust ever happened, or deny that there was any any role whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, of the churches in in what happened there. They they may not deny it, but they may not even know it. So the point of my book is just to it's it's a history book. So it's basically designed to educate people about something that they may not be familiar with. So there's no uh, political agenda here or religious agenda of any kind. It's just from a purely scholarly point of view, the intent here is to oh, raise awareness. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a quick question for you. We, we're running out of time very fast here. Did you ever take any degrees in, in history or in uh, theology? No, I did not. So what do you base your expertise on? Uh, yeah, I must study. Uh, I studied this subject for many, many years. But you're not an expert on it. I'm an expert in the sense of having studied it. You know, I uh, I, I basically had to read dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of books that were part of the research that went into making this book. Just like any scholar that has uh, a degree in history would have done. All context. right, Gabriel. I want to thank you very much for joining us. I I don't buy your argument. I think that we have to move on in life. There were a lot of things that we've done in our past. We have learned. And, uh, well, I guess somebody will buy your book, but certainly not this guy. I'll be back on the others. Uh, when we come back, it'll be tomorrow. Jeez, we're at the end of the show. Guys, thanks very much for, for being with us. And, and until tomorrow, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now. One last call for alcohol, so finish your